Hello and welcome to uh, YMCA Radio, the uh, regular podcast where uh, we stop and take a look at uh, different bits and pieces uh, going on around uh, the world of YMCA Exeter. I hope you're having a good week. I hope you are keeping yourself well. Um, Coming up, I'm going to be talking gardening, uh, looking at uh, a little bit of tenancy information, uh, and we'll also be having Jerry's Ford of the Week. But uh, before we do that, uh, we are going to have talk about COVID whilst I, uh, well, before I do that, I'm going to go away and try and close down a few notifications so that beep doesn't happen again. Okay, so today I would like to talk, um, not numbers, but basically where uh, coronavirus cases seem to be heading. Um so not numbers as such, but if uh, the amount of cases are going up, if it's going down or whatever, and uh, what it means uh, for us in the southwest. Uh, so basically, as everyone knows, uh, back in September, October time, uh, the amount of coronavirus cases in England went uh, right upwards. Um, quite a sharp increase. Uh, if... So how much of that was down to increased testing compared to the first wave? Uh, or if it was just more numbers? Yeah, that's up for debate. Uh, but it is good to bear in mind that there is a lot more testing now than there was back in March. Um, but the numbers that we know about are still quite high. The good news is that... Uh, on a national level, uh, the amount of cases seem to be stabilising at the moment, which is good. Uh, numbers are still quite high, though. Uh, from, yeah, as of uh, 8th of November, uh, the seven-day average was 22,443 people. Um, so still quite high, uh, but doesn't seem to be going upwards uh, nationally. Uh, what this means for the southwest? Well, uh, um, numbers do seem to be stabilising and kind of the graphs, it looks a lot flatter than it was. Uh, cases in southwest do seem to be increasing, not sharply. If so the numbers aren't going up like that, but the, the numbers in the southwest uh, do seem to be gradually increasing so therefore we we do still need to be careful we still need to remember to keep our social distance from each other we still need to remember to wash our hands on a regular basis and uh, we still need to remember to wear face masks and things like that um hope that clears up a few things guys um obviously please ask uh, if you've got any questions and uh, it's important to say that uh, I recorded all of that uh, in, the, well, this morning uh, on the 9th of November. I'm mentioning that uh, because uh, news seems to change uh, very quickly, very often. So it's not totally unexpected to see or hear something that may, ha- may have been true at the time, but uh, has, is now since been made out of date for whatever reason.
Welcome to uh, this week's Tennessee Beats of the Week, the mini podcast where we take a aspect of tenancy management and squeeze it down to 60 seconds or less. This week, it's a reminder about um, the amount of people who are allowed to live in a accommodation at one time. It is illegal for landlords to let a property to more people than is suitable for. Overcrowding can cause accidents and the spread of contagious disease and uh, can prevent quick and safe exits in the event of fire. So if you've got questions about why uh, a landlord may not uh, let more people um, live in your room or live in the house, this could be the reason. So before I sign off and uh, leave you with uh, Jerry's thought for the week, I just want to highlight this story that seems to uh, um, be doing the rounds around uh, news websites uh, over today. It's uh, looking like positive news in regards to uh, COVID-19 in, uh, in, in that it's talking about a vaccine, uh, which is... Uh, offering uh, 90% protection, which now I'm not an expert in uh, in viruses. I'm not an expert in COVID-19. I'm definitely not an expert in vaccinations or anything like that. But, um, and I've seen this uh, uh, in a couple of different places and it's been sold as a positive it's sold as a positive thing it's sold as good news um it's sold as very good news and uh yeah so we'll uh share more information uh about this as uh as we find it i guess um uh, so yeah some positive news for a monday which i guess on a gray overcast day is something that if my throat wasn't drier, no, if my throat wasn't as dry as it is, I would probably be outwardly celebrating a lot more. So, yes, that is positive stuff. It's good stuff. And, uh, yeah, we'll, and I'm sure we'll all hear more about it as the story develops. Um, but, yeah, so that was uh, this week's uh, YMCA Radio. I hope it was informative. Take care, everybody. I'm going to say goodbye now and leave you with uh, Jerry's thought for week. Goodbye. I want to share with you uh, an extract from a prayer written by Francis of Assisi, um, who, who you may be familiar with. He, he was alive in the sort of 12th and 13th centuries and was a hermit, but, but had a, a great fondness for nature and for animals and, and befriended the animals. And... This is a part of a prayer which really just talks about the environment around us and giving thanks for it. O most high, almighty, good Lord God, to thee belong praise, glory, honour and all blessing. Praise be my Lord God with all his creatures and especially our brother the sun, who brings us the day and who brings us the light. Fair is he and he shines with a great splendour. O Lord, he signifies to us thee. 
Praise be my Lord for our sister the moon and for the stars, the which he has set clear and lovely in the heaven. Praised be my Lord for our sister water, who is very serviceable unto us, and humble and precious and clean. Praised be my Lord for our brother fire, through whom thou givest us light in the darkness, and he is bright and pleasant and very mighty and strong. And praised be my Lord for our mother earth, the which doth sustain us and keep us, and bringeth forth diverse fruit and flowers of many colours and grass. Amen. Thank you.